overtaken by the holidays. He dressed and took a second cup of coffee out on his tiny balcony. The day was innocently glorious. Spring sunlight scented the pines and sparkled on the stone walls of Emek Raphaim. For weeks he had been postponing work on an article about the Sinai he had contracted to write for Condé Nast. The deadline had passed the previous Friday, and before long they would be phoning him for it. Still, the fine weather inclined him to truancy. When at last he went to his desk, his open appointment book confirmed the date, Easter Sunday in the Latin Church, and also the 16th of Nisan. Passover had arrived the day before. On a sudden impulse, Lucas decided to go over to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Bethlehem Road was nearly free of traffic. In spite of its elderly population, Lucas's neighborhood in the German colony was the most secular in the city, and its atmosphere was never one of piety. Old couples strolled in the spring sunshine. The day before, he had seen a few young families loading their Volvos for camping trips in the desert or the Galilee. But walking up the nearly deserted avenue, past the terraces of the Cinematheque, under the ramparts of the Church of Scotland Hospice adorned with its bonny blue flag, he could feel the gravity of the ancient city across the canyon. A hundred tour buses were parked in the streets under the old city walls. At the distant Jaffa Gate he could see the swaying forms of mounted policemen herding a pressing crowd of bright pilgrims. At the other end of the fortress, a line of devotees toiled single file up the slope to the Zion Gate. He walked down into the shadow of the valley, over the bridge by the Sultan's Pool, and past the Quranic verse carved in the shell of the Ottoman fountain. All that is created comes of water, it read. Then, humbled by the looming walls, he trudged up the ascent to Zion. On the path to Zion Gate he walked mainly among orthodox Jewish men in black bound for the western wall. Some of the Jews tried to converse with each other as they climbed, scrambling along the shoulder to keep pace. Besides the Charedim there were a few German Catholics on the path because the Dormition Abbey above them was a German church. These pilgrims were of the era before Germans had become once again thin and handsome. Many were florid and overweight, too bulkily dressed and perspiring freely. Yet they seemed happy. Most of the men looked plain and decent. They wore sodality pins and carried missiles. Some of the women had sweet, angelic faces. If they were sixty, Lucas calculated, born 1932, thirteen at the end of the war... He had picked up the habit of calculating Germans' ages from the Israelis. It was a cheerful climb, with a smell of sage and jasmine on the wind and desiccated wildflowers underfoot, and voices in Hebrew, Yiddish, German. The great walls reduced everyone, confounding all kingdoms. As he neared the ridge, the bells began again. Following the file toward the gate, he thought of a prophecy in a midrash someone had related to him. At the end of days, multitudes would try to cross the valley of Hinnom to the holy city. Christians traversing a bridge of stone would fall to perdition. 
Muslims on a wooden bridge would follow them. Then the Jews would cross, glorified, on a bridge of gossamer. What about me? Lucas wondered. Not for the first time. The top of the trail was paved and provided for by the Jews of Canada. At its end, the mild children of wicked Edom and the pious men of Israel parted in sweet mutual oblivion. The Germans to their hugely unfortunate yellow abbey, the Jews toward the western wall. Lucas went his own way, north on Armenian Patriarchate Road. There he encountered more Haredim headed for the wall, putting the confusions of Easter behind them. In front of St. James's Cathedral, teenage Armenian acolytes were dressing their ranks for a Sunday procession. On this conjunction of sacred seasons, the Jews...